Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Have rising energy bills given your finances a shock? With average bills now around £2,000 per year in the UK, the energy regulator is warning of another £800 rise this autumn, plunging millions of households into fuel poverty. Well, last week, Chancellor Rishi Sunak rode to the rescue with a £15 billion support package. And furthermore, we have decided that the £200 of support for household energy bills will be doubled to £400 for everyone. This autumn, a £400 credit will be applied to the electricity bills of all British households, and the good news is we won't have to pay this money back. Those on benefits, the state pension and disability benefits will be eligible to claim hundreds of pounds more, and this comes on top of April's £150 council tax rebate. But with no sign of the global energy crisis abating, This week, we're going to be looking at all the steps renters and homeowners can take to reduce their consumption and get their bills down. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's consumer editor. As the cost of living crisis intensifies, I've been speaking to listeners about how they're battling rising inflation with energy bills proving to be the biggest drain on our finances. This week, we'll hear from Bella, who rents a beautiful but chilly Victorian flat. It is very cold and it gets very cold very quickly. And we'll hear from homeowner Sam, who's prepared to invest some cash in making his home more efficient. Before the price hike, we were looking at uh, joint bills of about £2,000 a year. It's now somewhere north of £5,000 a year. Chances are what they're describing there will sound very familiar to you. Of course, the government has already announced some energy help measures that could ease the pain, and it's under pressure to improve these. We'll discuss this with our experts. So let's meet them. They're both with me today in the FT studio. Hi, I'm Brian Horn. I work at the Energy Saving Trust, where we work on advice for householders and government and businesses on how to save energy. Excellent. And Gemma, introduce yourself to our listeners. Of course. Hi, Claire. So my name's Gemma Hatvani. I worked in the energy industry for 16 years. I took redundancy and I've set up a Facebook group called Energy Support and Advice UK. And we've just hit 51,000 members today. Wow. Well, as you said, Gemma, both of you have worked in the energy industry for some time. Starting with Brian, 
how has the current crisis changed the nature of what you're doing at Energy Saving Trust? Uh, well, we're obviously, there's an awful lot of interest in what we do. There's a lot of demand for advice. So we're basically, we're on off our feet trying to give the right advice to the right people. Well, we're very glad that you squeezed in the Money Clinic podcast today. And, and Gemma, the kind of posts that you're commonly seeing from people on your social media group, what kind of advice are they looking for? How to save money, how to reduce energy. Um, so many posts. We, we have thousands. We've had 200,000 comments within the last month. With bills set to rise again when the cap goes up in October, what's worrying you the most, Gemma? We've got people struggling now who need our help. The bills are due to go up to about £2,800. People can't afford what they're paying currently. So it's desperate times, desperate measures. We really need that urgent help. Mm. In terms of some of the worst things that you've seen people doing in order to cut their energy consumption and get the bills down, tell us. People bringing barbecue equipment inside, colour gas bottles they're bringing inside. Um, we've had to reach out to Nottingham Fire Service and ask them if they'll work with us so we can deliver an important message so pe people don't do this. We had a lady the other day who was cooking out of a tuna can. It's like survival of the fittest. People are not using the gas, and they're not using the electricity. Unfortunately, this is the, the lengths that some people are reduced to. Now, that leaves us with cutting consumption. What general points could listeners follow if they do wish to get their bills down and cut the amount of energy they're using? Question to you, Brian. Well, yes, there are, there are loads of things you can do for the quick wins to try and save money right now. Essentially, turning things off when you're not using them, turning them down to a lower setting if you can, uh, and switching things on eco mode, and yes, using the more efficient alternative when you have one, like a slow cooker. But they will only go so far. You're not going to do away the price rise just by turning things off. To really cut use, we have to make more long-term improvements to our houses, to our heating systems, to our appliances. That starts to get expensive. Now, how much control you have over your energy bills differs massively depending on your housing situation, as one Money Clinic listener has found to her cost. My name's Bella. I'm 22. I live in Manchester and I work as a project consultant in software. I live in a one-bedroom apartment, which is in a Victorian building. actually used to be a Victorian school. Bella moved into her flat last summer and is paying rent of £750 a month, bills not included. It is very cold and it gets very cold very quickly and equally it gets very hot very quickly. It's, it's hard to regulate the temperature inside. So presumably you've got single glazed windows. Yes, they are single glazed. Um, and on top of that, there may even be some ceiling issues because whenever it's really windy, like um, about a couple of months ago when we had those terrible winds, the curtains would billow back and forth, even when the windows were shut. Um, and it was converted in the 1990s, but I don't believe there's been any work on it since. And Bella, what's happened to your bills since the energy price cap changed in April? You know, before this, I was spending about £100 per month on energy. Now I'll be spending closer to £180 a month obviously, um, on my direct debit. And then if it goes up even further, it could be that I'm spending, what, £220 a month, £250 a month on energy, which I think is quite ridiculous, to be honest. So, Bella, your heating system in your 
Victorian converted flat. It sounds to me like you've got an economy seven meter. This is where you get cheaper power at night and that powers your hot water and your storage heaters. But then you pay a lot more if you have to turn things on during the day. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, there is a lower night rate. So anything I have to do um, that I think is going to use a lot of energy, I will try my best to do overnight. So washing is by far the biggest one. And are there any other steps that you've taken to try and reduce your energy use at home? Yes. So I've tried to reduce using my oven um, because, again, I think it's quite it's an oven from the 90s, which is great, but um, I think it's not the most efficient either. It takes a long time to heat up. It makes more sense to, instead of heating this large room, just to heat myself. Um, so I have an electric blanket. I also have um, these electric hand warmers that you can plug into a USB port of your computer, which you can use when you're typing if your fingers get cold. Have you ever spoken to your landlord about the total inadequacy of both the heating arrangements and the draft proofing in your flat or has something stopped you from having that conversation so the i haven't spoken to them and the reason is because i don't feel that i have any sort of legal ground and my building is not owned by a private like individual landlord it's owned by a, a large company and they don't tend to even do repairs unless it's absolutely necessary. So I sort of had the feeling that they wouldn't listen if I asked for changes. Are you worried that if you kick up a fuss, they might not renew your tenancy? Definitely, um, especially because recently um, they increased the rent by £100 a month. And I know that anyone who tried to negotiate or refuse uh, did not have their tenancies renewed with the company. So I feel like if I become a problem tenant or that kind of thing, that is definitely um, on my mind. I mean, as a young person renting, how does this energy crisis make you feel about your finances in general? If you're paying out all of this money on energy bills, what's that stopping you from doing? You know, a year ago, I actually earned a bit less per year when I started out. However, my overheads were about £300 per month lower with the cost of food and living was, was a bit lower. Whereas now I feel like I'm paying more money for everything and see, not seeing any added value. And it's cutting off that extra money I could spend buying my own property um, or, you know, getting out of the rental market. So I feel like it's going to be extra difficult for people in my situation to get out of that rental cycle and actually start putting hundreds of pounds per month into their own property investments rather than someone else's. Finally, Bella, what questions have you got for the podcast experts? The questions I have are, do renters have any rights when it comes to asking their landlords to make these optional changes to improve um, the energy efficiency of their flat? Um, what information can I ask for about the energy efficiency of a flat when I look for my next rental? And um, is there any other advice that they have for people renting properties that aren't very energy efficient? Well, experts, you've heard about Bella's situation there. I mean, what's your reaction, Brian? Yeah, um, we all know it's a tricky situation to be in. I mean, the one positive I got out of that is she's thinking about what she does when she moves flat because that's when as a tenant you've got a bit more power is when you're looking at for somewhere else to live and yes you should get an energy performance certificate 
if there isn't an energy performance certificate, then they can't rent the flat to you. It's against the law. And that performance certificate will tell you how expensive that flat is to run relative to another one. That's what it's for. So make use of that and don't choose one with a really low rating because then you'll be committing yourself to being stuck in the same situation again. So Bella's rights as a renter, as somebody who's already signed a tenancy to rent this property, what rights, if any, does she have when it comes to asking her landlord to improve its energy efficiency? Well, she can't make the landlord do anything. She could, in principle, spend money on the flat herself to improve it. But obviously, most renters don't want to do that. They're not going to be there long enough to see the benefit. The landlords do have to meet certain minimum standards for the energy performance of the buildings they rent out. In time, that standard will be lifted, at which point the landlord will have to spend some money on the property to improve its energy performance before they can rent it out. But we're some way off that yet. And in the meantime, Gemma, what kinds of things could renters like Bella try to make their home more energy efficient without A, spending loads of money, or B, doing anything that the landlord's going to object to, like drilling holes? Yeah, of course. Um, One thing that I noticed from Bella's story were her windows, they're not double glazed, and with it being a Victorian property, what I would advise Bella is to put some thermal curtains up. So at the moment, the heat will literally go straight out of the window. If Bella can afford some thermal curtains, it will try and retain that heat and reflect it back into the room. And how much might they cost? That's a good question. Um, I've seen some online, it, it depends on your window size, starting at around about £30. So it doesn't have to be really, really expensive. I rented a Victorian property about 20 years ago. And one of the things that I bought from a hardware shop was this kind of special cling film that you could put over the window frame on the inside, um, fix it with tape so it didn't make any structural changes, and then you had to apply a hairdryer to it to shrink it into place so it was taut. Now, it did create a little bit of insulation, but of course it meant that you couldn't open the window. I mean, are people still using techniques like this, Brian? That is still possible, I mean, and it does make a difference because it's it traps a layer of air, same as the thermal curtains, which acts as an insulation. One thing I would say to look into with windows is draft proofing. It's a relatively cheap thing to do. You might need permission from your landlord, but if you're paying for it, they're less far less likely to object, obviously. Okay, now let's hear from a money clinic listener who is in a slightly different situation. Homeowner Sam. I'm Sam. I'm 34. I live with my partner and my dog in East Manchester in a three-bedroom end-of-terrace house. Before the price hike, we were looking at uh, joint bills of about £2,000 a year. It's now somewhere north of £5,000 a year. When Sam told me the price of his energy bill, I thought, yikes, that's high, even with those price cap increases. So what could be driving up his bill? My house was built in 1900. So we've got double glazing. Um, There is some insulation in the roof. It's got cavity wall insulation as well. You wouldn't say it was a drafty house? No, I, I, I wouldn't say it was, a, it was a, a drafty house really at all. And what kind of meter do you have? Presumably if you're having to submit meter readings, you don't have a smart meter. No, don't have a smart meter either. A, um, no, so, so both of them, it's the, it's the old analogue meters for both the gas and the electric. How old do you think your meter is? Was it in the property when you moved in? Does it look pretty ancient? I think um, the 
they are quite ancient. Both the, both the gas and electric meters are quite ancient. And are you regularly submitting your meter readings? Yeah. I did the ones when the energy price cap went in. I will probably do one in the next week or so um, to, to see where I, where I am. With prices soaring, you need to keep on top of your energy usage and how much this is costing you, which is why it's so important to regularly submit meter readings as estimated bills could be wildly out of whack. So so you you and 22 million other people are now, including me, are now on a tariff governed by the energy price cap. Yeah. So that went up in April and we know that it's going to go up again in October. So that estimated bill, as horrible as it is, may not really be laying out the full horror of, of what awaits you. No, indeed. Um, and I think that I don't know what I could do to mitigate it. We have a bit of savings, me and my partner. If someone could demonstrate to me something that would be worthwhile doing in terms of the house to reduce that bill, I'd go and do it. And what would you like to ask the energy saving experts who are coming on the podcast? What specific questions do you have? Um, first of all, I suppose it's, is there something that I haven't thought of which jumps out at them as this is probably what's clocking up your meter? Um what I'd really like is a way where I could put in the details of my property and get an assessment online of realistically what I could do to, to improve that property, how much it would cost me, the sort of return time, and also, crucially, who locally is kite-marked or certified to then go and do that work. So, Gemma, you've heard Sam talk there about his various problems. Is there something that he hasn't thought of that's clocking up his meter? What do you think? Um, listening to Sam, I would say, is he reading his meter correctly? People, Believe it or not, people are giving the wrong meter readings. I know he said it's an analogue meter, but I'd be very interested to see his previous bills and a photograph of that meter and have a look. Mm, and I've asked him to check with some of his neighbours to see what they're paying, because it does seem hugely over the odds for a three-bedroom property. But then maybe it's the efficiency um, of, his, of his gas boiler and his heating system, because it hasn't been changed for a long time. Now, if your bills are much higher than comparable properties, what kinds of steps could you take to, to diagnose the problem? It's looking at those historical bills. So for me, first things first, I'd like to print all the bills off, line them all up and have a look at the meter readings. Is there any discrepancies? Are the meter readings all following on? Has the energy supplier got the right metering details on their account? Are they billing for the right meter? There's lots of different questions that we need to ask to diagnose the problem. Brian, Sam was saying there, He'd love it if there was a website that he could go to that could answer some of his questions and also give him an idea of the costs associated with taking measures to improve the energy efficiency of his property. Could your website help? Yeah, definitely. Go to energysavingtrust.org.uk and we've got loads of advice on improving properties, the savings you can make, the costs of doing it, different measures for different types of property, plus all the behavioural advice that 
you could get a get a get on with right now. There is also a government tool at simpleenergyadvice.org.uk where you can just plug in a few details about your home and it pops up some appropriate recommendations. Okay. And then just talk us through some of the things that people could consider investing in. So just give us a little flavour of what what you could do and roughly what the kind of costs involved might be. Right. Loft insulation. If you've got a fairly standard loft, it costs a few hundred pounds to do. If you've, Most people have got some insulation, but it can still be worth topping that up. You can save 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds a year, depending on how much you've got. If you have no loft insulation, then it's a no-brainer. It's one of the most cost-effective things to do. Cavity walls. If your house was built between about 1920 and about 1980, it was probably built with cavity walls with no insulation in. That can be insulated for maybe between one and two thousand pounds and will save you maybe around about 280 300 pounds a year in a typical home and solar panels solar panels they're a long payback solar electric panels this is uh the ones we're seeing most of on people's roofs these days they have nothing to do with the heating they just generate electricity now with these bigger investments like solar panels if a homeowner has the money up front to fund those costs Will that be reflected in the value of their property if they come to sell it in a few years? How might that work? Right. There is clear evidence that properties with a better EPC rating do attract a higher price. And carrying out those measures in your home will increase the EPC rating. That won't necessarily pay back the full cost of what you've invested, but after you'll get some, some of that payback in And I guess the hope is with more and more consumers becoming aware of EPCs, energy performance certificates, it's going to be a question that more renters and property buyers are going to be asking agents about in the coming months and years. Yes, we hope and expect that that will be the case. Huge thanks to our experts Gemma Hatvani from the Facebook group Energy Support and Advice UK and Brian Horn from the Energy Saving Trust. Renter or homeowner, We hope this episode will help you power your way to saving some money on your energy bills. That's it for Money Clinic this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you did, spread the word and leave us a review. And if you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, get in touch. You can email me, our address is money at ft.com, or DM me on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok. I'm at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced by Persis Love and Philippa Goodrich. Our executive producer is Manuela Saragosa. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner. And the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. 
Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.